good morning. Welcome back to Chew the Bible with your good friend, Aaron. Ah, it's so cold out here. If I could have one superpower, one superpower, one supernatural ability, it would be to never get cold. Like, I ain't trying to, like, burn forever like in hell. <laughs> it all bad, but I ain't trying to be cold. Ow! Just right. Just right. Oh, man. Ooh. Yeah, I would much rather have the summer heat, 90, 90 degrees and above, than have to get warm. Oh, oh. Ooh. Anyway, I'm trying not to think about it. It's mainly my hands and my feet, the blood flow, the circulation. Lord help me. Anyway, alright. Hope y'all having a good start to your day. We are in 2 Chronicles chapter 26. And talking about now we got a new king, Uzziah. Let's see if he does any better than uh who was the last Amaziah. Alright, all the people of Judah had crowned Amaziah's 16-year-old son, Uzziah, as king in place of his father. Oh, that's pretty young. With the other guy was like 26, and the guy before him was like 7 when they became kings. Alright, after his father's death, Uzziah built the town of Elath and restored it to Judah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother was Jechaliah from Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. Where's the but? Because yeah, his father did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, but did it didn't do it wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. All right. Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. And as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. That's key. Lord, help us to continually seek guidance from you so that we may have success in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, verse 6. Uzziah declared war on the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabna, and Ashdod. Then he built new towns in the Ashdod area and in other parts of Philistia. God helps him. God helped him in his wars against the Philistines, his battles with the Arabs or Arabs of Gur, and his wars with the Meunites, Mayanites. The Mayanites paid annual tribute to him, and his fame spread even to Egypt, for he had become very powerful. Uzziah built fortified towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate at the valley gate and at the angle in the wall he also constructed forts in the wilderness and dug many water cisterns because he kept great herds of livestock in the foothills of judah and on the plains he was also a man who loved the soil he had many workers who cared for his farms and vineyards both on the hillsides and in the fertile valleys hmm. Isaiah had an army of well-trained warriors ready to march into battle unit by unit this army had been mustered and organized by Jael, Jael, the secretary of the army, and his assistant, Masaya, or Masaya, 
Maaseiah. I gotta look these up later. They were under the direction of Hananiah, one of the king's officials. These regiments of mighty warriors were commanded by 2,600 clan leaders. The army consisted of 307,500 men, all elite troops. They were prepared to assist the king against any enemy. Uzziah provided the entire army with shields, spears, helmets, coats of mail, bows, and slingshots, and he built structures on the walls of Jerusalem designed by experts to protect those who shot arrows and hurled large stones from the towers and the corners of the wall. His fame spread far, far and wide, for the Lord gave him marvelous help, and he became very powerful. I'm also turn on some background music here. This is good. This story is good. This hopefully this other shoe doesn't drop. This young man, this king, this king. I want to say, yeah. There you go. Uzziah's sin and punishment, but when he had become powerful, he also became proud. Which <laughs> I knew the but I didn't know the butt was coming. Man, come on, man! I was telling my lovely lady friend, new girlfriend, uh, Stephanie, how all these kings were just all foreshadows to Jesus because it just showed. Yeah, remember if you go way back to Exodus. Was it Exodus? We read that. And the Israelites basically wanted a king. They're like, we want a king. We want a king. We want to be like all the other nations. We need a king. We want a king. He's like, y'all don't need a king. Y'all got me. And the funny thing is God, like, God already knew. God already had a plan. God had a plan in the garden of Eden when he saw Adam and Eve eating that fruit. And Jesus was standing right there. He's like, you know you're going to be that king, right? Yeah. Oh, hold on a second. I, I thought I was going to... I need to put this on repeat. My bad. Cause, there you go. Bam. He's like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Just afford, like, it shows you the inadequacy or the, yeah, the fallibility of man. And that the only perfect king that we will, we will, we will ever have in this universe is Jesus Christ. No, pre- like, look at all of our presidents, our governors... Uh, the faux kings around the world, yeah, whether it's ceremonially or actually dictatorially. I just made up that word, dictatorially. Yeah, they're all corrupt. All of them. All of them. Not one is perfect. Um, We have some of the greatest pastors in the world. They got issues. They ain't perfect. You look at your pastor, he got issues. You go, go, go sit by him and ask his wife. He, he might be the greatest guy in the world, but he got some issues. He ain't perfect. The only perfect leader, and there's been tons of books written about leadership and that leadership, leadership, leadership. The greatest leader we'll ever have is Jesus Christ. There'll never be a leader like him. So these kings and all their failings and shortcomings just showed you the need for a one true. And the best form of government is actually having a king, a one one supreme ruler who's but has to be fair and just. There's books written about that stuff, too, about rulership and um, 
I used to read about this stuff in poly and my poli sci classes or whatever. And uh yeah, an absolute monarchy is technically the best form of government, better than a democracy. But that king has to be yeah, fair and just and always do what is right. Otherwise, that's why we have a democracy in America because we don't have a ruler that is fair. We've never had a ruler that is fair, just, and right in the history of the United of the world. So anyway, that's why our government is set up the way it is. It's uh, what do they call it? Balance of power is not absolute power. All right, let's go. Let's keep going because I can talk about this stuff all day. All right, Uzziah's sin and punishment. But when he had become powerful, he also became proud, which led to his downfall. He sinned against the Lord, his God, by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the incense altar. Azariah, the high priest, went in after him with 80 other priests of the Lord, all brave men. They confronted King Uzziah and said, it isn't it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is the work of the priest alone, the descendants of Aaron who are set apart. Yeah, the descendants of Aaron. It's not hey, stay out of that. It's not what for you to do. It's our job. Who are set apart for his work. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have sinned. The Lord God will not honor you for this. Mm. Uzziah, who was holding the incense burner, became furious. But as he was standing there raging at the priest before the incense altar in the Lord's temporary temple, leprosy suddenly broke out on his forehead. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Darn it. My bad, y'all. Come on, dude. And now my phone is tripping. Hold on a second. Hey, Wi-Fi is off. All right, come on, man. All right. Uzziah was holding an incense. Oh, it's because it's trying to play the recording. I was like, why does it keep scrolling on me? (laughs) I'm sorry, I have technical difficulties over here. All right. Uzziah was holding an incense burner. Uzziah, who Uzziah, who was holding an incense burner, became furious. But as he was standing there raging at the priest before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy suddenly broke out on his forehead. I wonder why it was just on his forehead. And I wonder how old he was at this time. When Azariah, the high priest and all the because we are younger, there's a lot more humility, humility, usually. And as we get older, pride can set in. So. I imagine, yeah, he was much older at this time. When Azariah, the high priest, and all the other priests saw the leprosy, they rushed him out. And the king himself was eager to get out because the Lord had struck him. So King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in isolation in a separate house, for he was excluded from the temple of the Lord. His son Jotham was put in charge of the royal palace, and he governed the people of the land. Wow. Man. The rest of the events of Uzziah's reign from beginning to end are recorded by the prophet as Isaiah, son of Amos. When Uzziah died, he was buried with his ancestors. His grave was in a nearby burial field belonging to the kings, for the people said he had leprosy. And his son Jotham became the next king. Man, it's like he had a great beginning, but a tragic end. 
Lord, I pray for those, whatever state that we're in, whether we have great beginnings, bad it's bad endings right now, seems like it's bad ending. Whatever stage people are at, God, I pray that you would just give them a strong finish, Lord, that we thank you that we live in a time where we have Jesus Christ. Just as the pastor uh, Perky said the other night, when God sees we might have scars that we're carrying around in the physical and those scars might be reminders of all the times we bumped ourselves bumped against things and made poor choices but in the supernatural in the spirit realm there we have no scars the only scars that God sees are Jesus's scars the ones that are in his hands and his feet the nail prints he bore all of our shame, all of our pain. We, I pray for anyone that might be dealing with condemnation, even when they listen to the word of God. I know sometimes when I listen to reading Proverbs, I can get, I can feel a spirit of condemnation overcome me over, over choices. Even just as I'm reading this right now, just condemnation over poor choices I've made, God. But I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to live under condemnation. Lord, you bore our shame. We can have be convicted and disciplined. I know that condemnation causes us to not feel like we have a hope or we have a future, to feel hopeless, to feel sad, depressed. But conviction and discipline are of you, God. They just draw us closer and closer to you. They reveal to us how much we need you and we need your help, God, and that you are the one who empowers us to resist sin and to overcome it. And that we do have a hope in a future, no matter what we do, no matter what mistakes we make, God, we are not our past. We are not our scars. We are not our failures. We can get up and keep going, Lord, and put our trust completely in you and have victory and joy in all that we do. We thank you that you are the great king. You're the great I am. You're the prince of peace, the king of kings, Lord of lords. And at your feet, Lord, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. So as you hop on this Romans road, we thank you, Lord. Romans 3.23 says, uh, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have missed the mark or uh, veered off the path and, yeah, fallen short or come up short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrated or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10, verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with our hearts, we believe we are now in right standing. And with our mouths, we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans ten thirteen says that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, that's anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus in your heart, or if you might have grown up in a church uh, where, you, where you just kind of just went, went through the motions, but never really took the time to actually... Uh, you might be in a state where you've never actually given your life to the Lord or completely surrendered to him. You can do that now. You can say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin from this day forward and trust you. Jesus Christ alone is my savior. Thank you for your forgiveness and everlasting life. I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name, I pray. A Man. All right, y'all. I will holler at y'all later on this evening, God willing. 
and I hope you all have an amazing, amazing day. God bless you.